Hi, I'm Antonio Centeno, and you're listening to the Personal Image System Podcast. Welcome to the Personal Image System Podcast. I'm Antonio Centeno, your host and the founder of Real Men Real Style. In this show, my goal is to help you learn to leverage the science of style to create your command presence. This is a personal image that sends the signal of competence and trust and will help increase your earning power and attraction levels. All show notes can be found at realmenrealstyle.com along with hundreds of videos, articles, and infographics. Five New Year resolutions to make 2018 your best year ever. Guys, New Year, New You. And these five resolutions, I think, are going to be, they're probably ones that many of you guys have thought of, but for me, these are really important ones. And, you know, the elephant in the room is the fitness goals, and this is something I'm not going to cover. I will talk a little bit about taking care of your body, but in a little bit different of a way normally out there. But guys, if you want more, go check out the show notes over at realmenrealstyle.com forward slash episode 90. Now, in the show notes, why this is useful, because over at Real Men Real Style, I give you access to so many other great tools, from our free course to our free app to all the different infographics, the thousands of articles, the hundreds. I mean, we've almost got like a thousand videos over on YouTube. And I link to all this over at the website. In addition, tons of additional, like I said, uh, we've got premium courses, and there are just so many just great tools. I'm proud of what we've created that's taken us years. And I think that if you aren't reaping the benefits of what I have over there for you, you're really missing out because this podcast is just a small piece of the entire picture. Now, what are the five resolutions? Number one, I'm going to put out here is to start to gamify your finances. And if you're not doing this, you really need to get into it. So if you ever wondered why video games are so addictive, I know I played them as a kid. My son is now, he loves games. And I think to a point, you know, they're perfectly fine. But what's bad is when you see people that are spending 18 hours a day playing games. And yes, there are people that are doing that. I mean, how can you do something? I mean, why are they spending so much time? How can somebody do eight, spend 18 hours on anything? And these are pretty intense gamers, a lot of them. I mean, it is an addiction because the gamification theory and the whole thing with games is that they make it so that it's hitting certain, it's releasing certain chemicals in your brain. It's making it so you want to do this. You want to engage. And think of the opposite of this, things that we do not want to do. And I don't know about you, but the idea of sitting down and balancing my checkbook or, you know, balancing a budget, you know, this never excited me. However, when I turned it into a game and then I realized, okay, I can set things up and it doesn't have to be perfect, but so that I can see reporting on how much money I'm saving, how much money I'm earning, how I've got certain amounts of money that I owe on certain loans and what those interest rates are. All of a sudden, whenever I took that initial plunge and I plugged everything in, and there are apps out there, you can also do it by setting it and and manually dropping this into an Excel spreadsheet or or a Google Doc. You can also just do this physically. If I know some of you guys, you don't mind writing this stuff out. I know for me though, automating it has been great. So a lot of banks, you can go work directly with them and they will even set it up so that you can have 
deposits taken right out of your checking account dropped into various savings accounts. At the end of the day, what you're looking to do is create an automated system that you could check up on. And in a sense, you're going to gamify the system. Like the video games I talked about at the very beginning, you want to set it up so that you are daily wanting to go in and check and say, hey, how how is my, you know, how's my savings accounts? How are those doing? I'm putting money in there. And then when you get a little bit more sophisticated, all of a sudden you're investing into possibly the stock market, various other options out there. And this could get really complicated, but I do think initially focus in on your savings. The easiest thing to do here is within your bank account. And if your bank doesn't do this, maybe look for a bank that does. But I was able to find one locally in small town, Wisconsin, that was able to do this for me, that they allow me to have as many savings accounts as I want. What's cool about that is then I have money every single month, sometimes multiple times a month, like every week. And you can even set it up once a day if you wanted to. Think about that. Once a day, a dollar, $2, $5 is coming out of your checking account, going into a savings account. And that's really cool whenever you can go in there and you can check it on. And this is something that's easily available to anyone. You don't have to, because there are tons of apps out there. And I know many of you guys would love to, I can talk, what do we see out there? Actually, we I, just, I know personal capital works really well for me and I will link to it over in the show notes. Great company. I've loved this app, but I know Mint for many of you guys is something you would rather use. And at the end of the day, take some action, start to gamify things like this. Next up, let's talk about earnings. So if you work for somebody, most likely the amount that you get is going to be set pretty much every week, every month. And it may be something that earnings, it's just going to be a little bit harder to get that to go up. Maybe you can work a side job though. Maybe you can add a little bit of money. Maybe it's money that you can find, uh, you know, by selling something off, going on to Craigslist, going on to eBay, uh, actually maybe again, doing some weekend work and being able to deposit a bit more in there. Now, if you have your own business, like I do, I can tell you that earnings are fun to be able to gamify because all of a sudden you start to set goals for not only yourself, perhaps the salespeople on your team, for other people in your team, for them to hit certain things that affect the earnings number. But I find that if you can up your earnings, this is the easiest way to improve your wealth. Yes, you can save money. And I do believe you can be very disciplined when it comes to saving, but earnings and being able to double your earnings, being able to triple your earnings is going to be the fastest way to wealth accumulation. Now, one thing I didn't really talk about within the savings and the earnings is debt and how to address that. Now, I'm not going to get into the, you know, the argument of is there bad debt, is there good debt? But what I will say is that if you've got debt out there with a high interest rate, that's where you want to really aim the gamification. And you want to say, how can I pay this off faster? And it may be something that, yes, you got 20% on a credit card. Maybe you've got 10% on some other random loan that you've got out there. Whatever it may be, if that interest rate is high, and if it's something that paying off this loan just makes sense, then you want to focus your energies on this. And I and I like bringing in the gamification because to me, it's like taking on a big boss in a game. You're going to direct all your firepower. You're going to fire your missiles. You're going to, you're going to lay waste and you're not going to depend on, you're not going to focus in on all those other small enemies that are over on the side. Yes, they're sapping a little bit of strength from you and they're attacking you, but focus in on the big boss. Focus in on that huge loan that's got that high interest rate and just throw everything into it. And all of a sudden, boom, when you knock that thing down, all of a sudden you realize, I can then redirect over to the second largest one. And then you can kind of make your way down. The next thing you know, you're able to knock in and improve your savings. 
Guys, gamification of your finances is, to me, one of the most fun and enjoyable. And when it comes down to building personal wealth, things I have discovered over the last few years, and I really think that more people could get out of financial problems if they actually made it fun. They made a game of this, and they actually learned to enjoy the savings. They learned to enjoy building up that personal wealth, and they played the game of trying to save and spend as little as possible. So guys, progress, it's a huge motivator when you're able to to make it in this part of your life. Resolution number two, purchase life insurance. So life insurance, and there are many other types of insurance out there, but I find that most people are underinsured. And insurance is one of those things that you don't need it till you need it. And when you need it, if you don't have it, this can go through and it can basically put your entire, I mean, it can, well, okay, let's talk about life insurance. You're gone. So what do you care? Well, you should care if you've got a family, you've got kids, think about what, what's going to happen to them? What's going to happen to your wife? Did you have people, let's say you don't have a wife, you don't have kids, but you've got someone like your mom that you co-signed with on your student loans. Guess what's going to happen? They are going to go after her. And I know this because that's what happened when my sister died and they went after my mom and she had co-signed to help get my sister through law school. And all of a sudden she's getting calls. She's getting harassed uh, within months of my, my, my sister passing away. I'm going to tell you, it is horrible. It is something that you don't want to put anyone in the situation. You want to make sure that you are properly insured, especially when you realize how inexpensive some of this stuff is. Now, in the video, if you go check it out, which I'll link to in the show notes over at realmenrealstyle.com forward slash episode 90, I talk about a company I worked with, Haven Life. I do recommend them. They didn't sponsor this podcast, but I can tell you that I have gone through their application and I do have their insurance. I've also got insurance through Navy Mutual Aid Association and a few other different companies. And I can tell you that I've got a couple million dollars of life insurance. Why? Because I want my kids, and I've got four young ones, I want them to be able to make it all the way through college and not have to worry about money if I'm not around. I want my wife for the next at least 20 to 30 years to not have to worry about money and for her to be in a position where if she's careful with what she spends, she probably won't have to worry about money in many ways for the rest of her life. Now, yes, I know it doesn't affect you, but it's something that When you pass, if this were to happen, you want to make sure, because you've worked hard to set things up. You just don't want to, it really is going to put people in a lurch, in a tough situation if you don't have got, if you don't have this taken care of. Now, when it comes to auto insurance, it is something that do not go with the cheapest. You want to look around and you want to see, okay, what is actually, how much is extra is it going to cost if I am, if I've got more insurance? I, I do think insurance is one of those things and you want to shop around, but you want to make sure you go with a respectable company. Haven Life, one of the reasons I was very proud to work with them is they're actually backed by Mass Mutual. Mass Mutual has been around 160 years. Uh, I, you know, you go out and you look at them, they've got the highest ratings. So when you're able to see a company that pays out, that isn't trying to dodge, you know, in the case of, you just hear some horror stories. And that's one of the reasons I like going with established companies with insurance. I use USAA. I'm a veteran, so I'm able to use them. I also have used Geico and have had great experience with them. Another type of insurance you want to look at disability insurance. I use State Farm. So as you notice, I've got insurance with multiple companies. Why? 
I always, to me, it's simply reducing risk. Also, I find that there are certain like sweet spots. It's about the 500,000 to the 1 million point on insurance. I find for me at my age with my numbers and with everything's going on 42, by the way, we're now 41. I will be 42 here. I find that for me, it's simply, I shopped around and this is what I was able to find. So you got to balance between someone that has a reputation, someone that's been around, someone that has a high rating. And you've got to also look at the price. You can lock a lot of this in for 20 to 30 years, usually car insurance, what we're talking like a year. You want to make sure your home is insured. It's just something that is going to reduce the risk and it's going to make sure that all that work that you did on that first part, gamifying your finances, that all of it doesn't go for naught if something were to happen. Like you were to be disabled, you were to die, you were to be in an auto accident. Resolution number three, build better relationships. And I'm going to say that you should systemize the building of better relationships. So a friend of mine, I'm talking with him and I remember right, he was like, Hey, wait one second. I got to go off and I got to call my mom. And I was like, that's a pretty good excuse. Got to go call your mom. And I was asking him, I was actually commending him on, that's awesome that you've got a great relationship with your mother. And he came back and he told me, you know, I didn't used to have a great relationship with her, but I realized a lot of it was my fault and I just wasn't reaching out. So he created a system where every single day he calls his mom, even if it's for one to two minutes, they just simply talk. He's like, you know, most of the time we're talking very briefly. I ask her about the weather, ask her how she's doing, how's life. And then that's about it. She asked me the same and that is their communication. That's their call. I'm not going to say that that's going to work for everybody, but I would say you should figure out how to systemize and to better stay in touch with the people in your life. Men, especially, we do such a bad job of staying in touch with friends. Me, my system, in my phone, I pretty much have everyone that I stay in touch with. I've got them programmed right in there. And whenever I am traveling, I've got my headset in and I just start calling people. I, you know, hey, especially if I'm going just to Wassa, it's a straight drive right down the interstate. I got to watch for deer. But, you know, I just find that this is a great 30 minutes that I've got. And most of the time when I call people, they don't pick up. I leave a nice message. I've got three to four people I'll call. And what's cool about that is I leave those three to four messages. And then I'm getting called call back usually over the next week. So it seems like I always have incoming calls of friends who are returning my calls. And I'm always the first one because you can't rely on other people to take that first step. You need to be that person that takes that first step. Now, another way to build great relationships is to focus in on community. You want to surround yourself with great people. You've probably heard me say, we become the average of the people we surround ourselves with. Well, you want to make sure, first off, that you are surrounding yourself with a good, with a positive, with an uplifting community. People that are you know, you're learning from people you're excited to spend time with. This may be in your church. This may be in, you know, your volunteer group. This may be just in your industry. You're creating a mastermind so you can get to know and to hang out with people, but you want to focus in on building up those relationships through community. Now, what happens if you're part of part of a toxic community? If maybe you're going to a church and you really just don't like what's being said, you disagree, well, well maybe look around. I know you maybe don't go look for another religion, but I am going to say that there are many different types of churches out there. So many, if you're Catholic, if you're Protestant, if you're Baptist, whatever it may be, if you're Pentecostal, it may be something that you want to find a church, yes, that is still has your beliefs, has your religion, but has a different group of people, maybe has a different leader, or maybe you want to take a leadership role, and it's going to be something where you can actually shape the direction of where this is going. 
Resolution number four, take better care of your body by getting to know your body. Your body has certain measurements. Your body has certain things, whether it be getting a blood drawn and actually having all the numbers, all the information pulled from your blood, from your heart rate to the way that, you know, your blood pressure to, you know, your your cholesterol levels. All of this, what you want to do is have a detailed medical exam once a year. You want to keep track of these records because what you're looking to do is establish a baseline. Once you do this over a period of years, it's going to be very easy, very interesting to notice, hey, why did all of a sudden this change? Why did I get a spike here? What is going on? That explains a lot. When you are going through a period of depression, you're going through a period of not feeling very good, of actually having low energy. Well, guess what? If you've got a history, if you've got a time period in which you can actually see your blood work. You can actually attribute a physical change to your mental state. What's going on here? Why am I feeling different? And again, you're looking to put together a baseline. Now, I know this may be something that, hey, it may be a little bit late to start if you haven't been tracking this, but you can actually go back. You can, a lot of companies, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hospitals, they're actually going to have your records on there. But what I am saying is that most men, we don't go into the hospital. We don't go and get these examinations. We put this stuff off. We focus on taking care of others, taking care of our kids. You've got to take care of yourself. Make sure you get in there at least once a year, at least. And what's interesting is most insurance plans, most companies, actually, they cover it. It's absolutely free when you go in just once a year to get this checkup. Next up, take care of your teeth. Go in and get a dental exam. Every six months. I know I neglected this for a while. And what happens as you get older, actually, you're more susceptible to gum disease, to gingivitis, to all of these things, which when you were younger, yeah, you could go maybe a year between exams. But as you get over the age of 30, over the age of 40, you definitely want to get in there. You're in your 50s. You want to take care of your teeth because next thing, it's going to be much more expensive. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And this definitely applies to your teeth. Last up, track your sleep. So I worked with a sponsor. I don't know. It was like a sleep beauty rest. I think it was like a year ago. And I can tell you that I have loved being able to actually track my sleep. And it was so easy. This thing fit right underneath, worked with my existing bed. And every night when I go in, and again, this is kind of gamifying the whole sleep thing. I can look on my app. I can see how I slept. I can see how basically I'm feeling. And I can see where I woke up, when I woke up, how I, was I going into deep sleep? Was I going into light sleep? I can tell you that being able to track my sleep has had a huge effect on how I feel in the morning. Resolution number five set boundaries. And I'm not going to say that you need to contract your boundaries. You need to basically say no to everything. I'm not going to say that you also need to say yes to everything, but you need to look at where your boundaries are right now and make a determination of where do you want them to be. So an example of someone that needs to start saying yes to more things. I had a person in my family who recently went through a divorce and for her, she's now saying yes to a lot more social opportunities. Before, hey, her kids, you know, they kept her busy. Her husband kept her busy. Now her kids are pretty much out and independent. They're doing their own stuff. She doesn't have a husband anymore. And she's finding that, hey, I want to go out there. I, I mean, she said yes to going to an NFL football game the other day. And she doesn't really go to these type of things. But she's like, normally she wouldn't have even, she wouldn't even have, have looked at going to something like this. But she's like, hey, I get to go with my cousin. We're going to have a great time. And I'm going to have fun. This is something that is outside of her comfort zone, but she's trying to say yes to more opportunities. Now, me personally, I'm going through a period 
of saying no. No is my default answer because I have so many opportunities coming my way. People want me to go to South Africa. People want me to come up to Canada to have these meetups for my business. I am saying no because I've got young kids. I want to spend more time here at home, spending more time taking my son to the gym, spending more time taking my daughter to ballet, taking my daughters to ice skating. I've just got taking care of my own body, spending more time with my wife in the morning, having coffee. So in order to do this, I've got to say no to all these other opportunities. And you've got to look at your life. You've got to say, where am I at this point in my life going to set these boundaries? Because I will open up my boundaries a bit more when my kids get older. And all of a sudden, I realize they're more independent. They don't want as much of me. They want to go off and do their own thing. So at that point, hey, I'm going to be much more open to traveling. At that point, I'm going to be much more open to spending more time traveling and doing these other things with my business. But you've got to make the decision right now for you. I would say, and one thing that helps guide me is if I'm not going to say hell yeah to something, then it's a definite no. All right, so those were my five resolutions for 2018. Hopefully you enjoyed that. If you want more, go check out the show notes. It's gonna be over at realmenrealstyle.com forward slash episode 90. Thank you for listening to the Personal Image System Podcast. If you would like more information on men's style, business communication, and grooming, go check out realmenrealstyle.com. There, you're going to find my free eBooks and our premium courses to help you take action on the information that will improve your life. I'm Antonio Centeno, and until next time, stay stylish.